Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Detroit News, Lions beat writer Justin Rogers. Whenever I'm bored out of my mind and I've hit the end of the internet and I've got just nothing, nothing else to do, I listen to Detroit Lions podcast. Lions fans. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, two guys who have never dropped a Matthew Stafford pass. Chris and Case. Hey, howdy ho, Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions podcast, episode 207. This is the official Detroit Lions podcast for Reddit. I am your dashing host, Chris. And with me is my good friend and co-host, Case. How you doing, man? Chris, I uh, I feel like maybe we've abused the uh, tight end jokes. So from now on, I'm a wide receiver. No, well. Congratulations. All right. Uh, in today's show, we're going to talk about St. Jude a little bit, and we're going to have the full tally for you next week, so be ready for that. We, of course, are going to break down the draft, down to some UDFAs. We've got a lot, a lot of content here. We're going to tell you how to feel, and uh, we'll tell you why other people shouldn't tell you what how to feel. So that'll be good. It's also a commercial-free show. So make sure to go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com and click on the Fanatics link, get your hotkeys and jersey, or go over to Amazon, uh, link from Detroit Lions Podcast, and get all your Amazon stuff there, too, because we love it when you do that. Thank you. Don't forget, the Riz is also going to be with us in the whole show, so his breakdown happens together with us for the whole thing. we got that a whole lot more. It's a great show lined up. Case, you ready to go, my man? I'm open. I'm open. Let's kick this off and break it down. All right, time for a couple quick announcements. First, check us out and help us out on Patreon. Special thanks to Dylan from Guam. Ooh, that's a good one. And, of course, our very first donor, Mathis. Brian B. from I Prevail. Also, big stuff. Big donor for St. Jude helping us raise some money. Got some good stuff out there. Uh, Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. It's a great way to support the show. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. As little as a dollar a month. I've, I've heard it. I saw three different people say it in the Slack. It's probably the best value on the internet just for the chat there. You, you guys think I'm joking when I say it's the most intelligent chat on the uh, on the internet. Hey, look, if you're an idiot, don't go. <laughs> if you're one of the, you know those Facebook people. You know who they are. We don't want you. But everyone else, you know, come on in. I'm, I'm not here just to take your money. Uh, so anyway, get into that and uh, get access to Slack. We have a pre-show show. We do some announcements. Some of those folks know some of the cool things that are coming down the pike this month. Also, uh, give us a like on Facebook. Facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast. Facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast. And on the Twitter beast at DET Lions podcast. Make sure you follow that. Go on Twitter right now and go to DET Lions podcast. It's the very best place to see Case. Having a Freudian slip. (laughs) 
subscribe on YouTube. We are so close to our goal. We need a couple more subscribers. Please, please go subscribe. We're putting some good stuff out there every week for you guys. We're going to be getting some additive stuff beyond the, the, the podcast things as well, but it's a great place to see some of the reactions we and the, the shenanigans that go on behind the scenes. It's a lot of fun. YouTube.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. YouTube.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Make 50 accounts and subscribe them all. Help us get to the goal, and uh, we, we're going to be cranking this up to 11 when we get there. Rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you find us, please, with those five-star reviews. We love those. If you have any comments or criticism, we're happy to take a, take a listen and work with those. Head on over to the subreddit for that. We have a post, a sticky post every week, and uh, we love that when you guys uh, give it the feedback because that helps us get better at what we do. Check us out. The training camp party coming up, likely August 3rd. Again, we're not going to know till early June. It could be the week before that, but whenever it is, it's the Saturday. And it's Zach Zenner Day. We've got to support our mans. So uh, get your shirts. DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Go get your Zach Zenner shirt. We've got a really killer Sons of Anarchy. Look, like shirt now, too. Uh, good stuff there. Get those shirts, but be ready for Zach Zenner Day. You're going to want them, and uh, you're going to look good with all the rest of us out there doing that. We give us a call via Skype. Detroit Lions Podcast. All one word. Detroit Lions Podcast. Or call us in the Lions line at 929-33-LIONS. 929-335-4667. Leave us a message and get a chance to hear yourself on the show. Tighten your chin straps, kids. It's time to review This Week in Reddit. All right, let's talk about all the fun and exciting things going down this week in Reddit. And guys, I've only got half a brain, so be wary. Um, I've doubled my capacity with four hours of sleep. Uh, joined today by, of course, Case, as always, and Jeff, the Riz, Risden for the whole show. Thanks a lot, Riz. Appreciate it. And this most important reflection of the draft. You guys like that for a title? Reflections on the draft? Reflections on the draft. I feel like it's like, like I'm Stuart Smalley, you know, reflecting upon all the positive things. Sitting, sitting, sitting by the, uh, the pond, waiting for a gator to come out. I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. And gosh darn it, people will like this draft. If I have to look in the mirror, I'm going to see all the things I don't like. <laughs> you know, based on your comment earlier, <laughs> things that you like get pounded with person, but we'll talk about that later. Okay. Riz is a smart man. He got, uh, he's doing single dad got off of, uh, was it, it was basketball practice, right? Riz? Yes. As a kid. Yep. He picked up yep. some beer on the way, so he's good. I'm working on half a tank of gas in case he never started with a full one. So we are in all the capacity that we have going on today. Let's talk about the draft. Um, we'll start off. I guess there's a guy we picked out, and um, I'm just going to tell my story on this, and then you guys can tell me I'm wrong or go on on it. But let's start out with TJ Hawkinson. Um, in case I'll, I'll never forget draft day, we were sitting there talking, you know, and watching Josh Allen fall and our hearts were just, I mean, my, I'm sitting here and my heart's hitting the camera, just, just blam, blam, blasting through the camera I was so freaking excited that we could get Josh Allen. And then he went at number seven and we wound up with TJ Hawkinson and see, and I just did it there. We wound up with, right. If you look at all, and I'm just going to go off, if you look at all the mock drafts out there, which I know aren't perfect, but let's just say that the consensus pick of people is Hawkinson's a top 11 pick. I saw him go as high as to Jacksonville ahead of us. Like half of the mock drafts had him going to us. It should have been no surprise that Hawkinson came to the Detroit Lions, but I think the idea that we could almost, we tasted a little bit of Allen, so to speak, we, we, we we maybe were more disappointed than we should have been. And then there's the guy who just reads about it in the paper the next day and say, don't we take an Ebron guy? That didn't work either, right? You guys tell me I'm wrong, but I think it was the reaction was more based on um, 
dashed expectations with Alan than anything else. What what do you say, Case? Am I am I yeah, I'm not wrong, right? No. Um it's it's funny and and we'll go I mean we got we've got a long off season yet to get into it so we will talk about TJ Hawkinson on more than one occasion and uh probably next time we meet I will I will try to like break down everything I feel about that from every possible angle I feel about that um the basics are yeah like you get your hopes up for a player like Josh Allen because it looks like he's going to be there and if he had gone three or four picks earlier, we wouldn't have been, you know, we wouldn't have been freaking out. We wouldn't have been, you know, uh, the, the pick of TJ Hawkinson would have felt better. Um, but, yeah. you know, when you, when you just miss out, when you just, just miss out. And one of the things that I would talk about with TJ Hawkinson uh, later on is some, is some comparisons, uh, not, not necessarily in his style of play at all, at all, at all, but in terms of uh, where he was drafted and in terms of uh, remembering what it was like when Eric E. Brown was drafted, uh, what it felt like to miss out on some of the guys that I was so desperate to have the Anthony Barr uh, pick, which which I'm not necessarily saying that pick, you know, lives up over time, although I mean, he's a good player. But at the time, like I was so excited. I was so excited for him. Um, for us. And Mike oh, and Mike Evans and Mike Evans. I mean, the, both of those two players, I was like, if either one of them could possibly fall to us, I would just lose my mind. Um, and th- there was a bit of a, th- it was a bit of a moment, like in, in some in some similar ways to that must have been something else that did it what did you think Riz I mean we, I mean you were sitting there you were fully sober in a very quiet location with uh, <laughs> your earmuffs on and your tags clipped out of your t-shirt because I know they start to bother you a little bit <laughs> so let's... yes yeah, yes they do <laughs> how, how was it man I mean uh, so, so we did a, uh, a 96.1 draft watch party at Foling Warehouse in Grand Rapids and uh, the guys took the break from folding, which if you haven't done it, it's awesome. It's like bowling, but you're throwing footballs with the bowling pins. It's pretty sweet. Um, it's fun. So there was a lot going on. There was probably, there's probably 50 of 40 to 50 of us watching the draft and another probably 50 to 60 people doing that. But everybody stopped at that point and we were watching it. And when, when it got to six, and Josh Allen didn't go, and Daniel Jones went. And after I got done laughing at the Giants for like five minutes because I couldn't help myself because that's the worst freaking pick I've ever seen. They just drafted Matt Castle number six overall, but that's that's their problem. Um, um, <laughs> so I'm there, and and one of the producers from WDFN in Detroit, uh, 11:30, Adam Strohs. Uh, you guys, if you yeah. listen to this, their shows, you know him at all. He drove out from Detroit to hang out with us at this party. He and I were so excited that it was Josh Allen. We're like, they're not taking Josh Allen. They're taking TJ Hawkinson. We, we, were, we both knew they were taking TJ Hawkinson. So we're like, this is the best thing ever. And I had been trumpeting it up for the last couple of days leading into the draft that Josh Allen was going to fall to us. And people thought I was insane. And here I was getting validated. I'm like, yes, the Riz was right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that is a drop in the future. Thank you very much. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so Stroh's takes his shirt off. I took my belt off, and I'm, I'm, I'm all primed and ready. And, and there's there another drop. <laughs> Stroh's takes his shirt off. I interrupt a man while he's making a mistake. <laughs> that, this is good. That, 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 that did not come out properly. 
<laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> we're getting to the part where it came out. So come on, let's yeah. go. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm already, and then Jacksonville makes their pick and they took Josh Allen and I was surprised. I really did think they were taking TJ Hawkinson. If they weren't going to take Hawkinson, I thought they were taking Jawan Taylor, who they wound up getting the second round, which is a weird story in and of itself. Yes. I thought there was an outside chance they'd take Jonah Williams and save me from that misery of pit of hell um, yep. that would have resulted. And they didn't do that. And then after that happened, I'm like, oh, crap. Okay, who's left on the board? Ed Oliver's there. I freaking love Ed Oliver. But I knew the Lions weren't all that interested. Um, a little birdie. Um, actually, he's a big bird. That'll probably help tell you who it is. Tipped me off that they weren't all that interested in Ed Oliver. Larry Bird. Um, oh, that'd be sweet. <laughs> Shooting the jacket. So stupid. I apologize. I told you I'm only half a brain. That's that's okay. So um so then I'm thinking, okay, Devin Bush is still out there. So in the 24 hour lead up to the draft, both Eric Schlitt and I and also Jeremy Reisman all trumpeted up the idea that oh my god, Devin Bush might be the guy. Because we had heard signals, we had heard that there was dissatisfaction that they wanted to get better at the off the ball linebacker spot. Turns out they did. We'll get to that later. Uh, but or they, you know, tried. Right. So, uh, well, they they got better. Trust me on that. Oh, I agree. I agree. I'm just saying, you know. Yeah. So I'm so I'm I'm wondering. Okay, do, will they really break my heart, crush my balls, and take Jonah Williams, which would still, to me, be the worst possible outcome of the number eight pick. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing against Jonah Williams, but I did not want an offensive lineman. I specifically didn't want one who played left tackle to go play right guard. That's right. Right. That's I agree. Dumbest freaking agree. concept on the face of the earth. I'm glad I don't have to jump off that bridge anymore. So when, when they announced Hawkinson, um, and and they actually got captured on video. Somebody, Big Drew, took video of me, and and my reaction was, "All right, I, it could have been worse. It could have been better." You know, I, Devin Bush was my number four player. Ed Oliver was my number three player. Both of those guys, obviously, I would have preferred. But I get taking Hawkinson, especially in the larger context of the draft, that it was a terrible wide receiver class. Mm-hmm. And they tapped into that, and they got the best offensive weapon in the draft. He happens to play tight end. And I think that's probably the best way to frame it for people that are skeptical. that they, Oh, my God, they took a tight end in the top ten. When was the first receiver? In the 20s, yeah. 25. When was when was the first running back? 24. We don't need a running back. Who would be your starting tight ends if they didn't take Hawkinson? They would be Jesse James and apparently Isaac Nauta. <laughs> took <in> the seven. <laughs> Smells a whole lot like 2018, doesn't it? <laughs> so so I, I, I tried to express this in, in the piece that I did in the lines where I can't, I can't explain to people who don't understand how awful the tight end room was last year. The, Levine Tuolo perked up at the end of the year. Nobody liked him. He didn't want to come back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I, he was not a popular guy in the locker room. Let's uh, let's go with it that way. That's probably the nicest way to say it. Like I said, uh, uh, we'll we'll hit back on this uh, on later days, and I will give like every angle that I can possibly come up with on it. Um, there's the economic issue. Uh, we talked about that during the draft show. Um, you know, you, oh, you about about like the 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 money commitment to a tight end, the right? Arbitrage, right. Yeah. right. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, so that that's one thing. Um, there is the whole idea of uh, uh, like 
a pass rusher being that you, you listed off a couple guys that you really liked. And, and I also super uh, uh, am and was in love with Brian Burns. And you may not agree with me on that, but um, I, I taken was him. very bright into Brian Burns. Um, yeah. I would have taken Hawkinson over him, but I, I, I would have appreciated Brian Burns as well. So, I mean, that, that, that hope plays in that whole, whole thing. Uh, there's, the whole optics of the thing, like, boy, is this guy walking into a tough situation, into a fan base that is going to, uh, you know, you and you, you and the two of us are as likely to be as kind as possible to him um, of anybody because we're going to be willing to That's wait true. and see what he's able to do. Uh, but I don't know that that is true of the Lions fan base as a whole. Like if he doesn't, if he doesn't step up immediately, things are going to turn negative real fast. And that's, that sucks for him. And so that, that's, you know, another angle to the whole thing. Um, you know, can I go, can I go to an angle on that? Because it, it reminds yeah. me of the Cleveland quarterback situation. And I've dealt with this for a long time. Brandon Whedon, Brady Quinn, Johnny Manziel, yeah. all these guys, they couldn't overcome the sins of their predecessors, yeah, right? No matter how good they were, yep. right? And that, that's a very real thing, and and that is. And I pray to God, Hawkinson's smart enough not to take number eighty-five. Well, because it's, it's an easy narrative, <laughs> right? It's easy to say, yeah, he stinks, just like Ebron, and and you can't take tight end in the first round because you know the value and all this other stuff there was like you said the tight end room there was a massive dearth of talent at tight end there was one and we saw the somebody who can run a five to seven yard route to give stafford an outlet and a, a quick out when there's when a blitz is coming in he lost that without uh without tate and things got ugly really really fast having a good set of tight ends is really helpful having a good set of tight ends who can block is a great way to help bolster that line that makes it so you don't have to pick up a guard and now you have multiple threats on the field at once you can do a lot of things with that i don't think this is a bad pick at all the arbitrage thing we talked about during the draft is where hey if you get a you know you get an edge you get him on a rookie contract he's here you he, you know, you got to like a what would be a fifteen million, twenty million dollar a year guy versus like a seven million dollar a year guy on a, in a tight end, right? So now you're over, you're you're not getting as much savings at a position that you could. But if you look at what they did in with the cap in the off season and the way they structured the contracts, they did such a good job. Look at where Flowers came in at what is it, fifteen and a half instead of the twenty million that's going. That seems right. To be the look goal at how right much now. less he's making than Frank Clark. Exactly. <laughs> he's a better player than Frank Clark. Exactly. He's a much better player than Frank Clark. <laughs> you know what? You want every win you. Can get there, but the reality is, is we've been doing really well playing the cap here. That it gives you a little flexibility that you can dip in and take a guy who's going to be an impact on your offense right away, and and help your offense right away. And he's the best player on the board, rather than having to worry about what position I'm filling and what arbitrage am I getting on the dollars and cents. So I think that's a null and void argument. I think they're managing the cap as a whole more holistically rather than at an individual um, um, player basis. So I'm, it's that, I'm it's that right away thing. Yeah. It's that right away thing the the pressure is on him to be a right away player mm-hmm. yes so. but with james and nada that you have on the on the um on the uh the roster right now, uh, I think I think that gives him a little breathing room. It gives him an opportunity to to have other guys that they can target if he's having an off day, if he's what not having to play through something. I, I just I think that there's there's some flexibility here to help him be successful. And I you know what 
Eric Ebron, you guys know on draft day when we picked him, he was the wrong guy to pick. He was absolutely the wrong guy. Not because he was a tight end at 10th overall, but because he was a bad player and he had drop issues. And you don't learn not to drop the ball when you get into the NFL. That's not a coaching kind of a thing. That was a shit pick. That's all that was. So, all right, we'll move on. Because <laughs> I want to say this guy's name. We'll go back, we'll go back to TJ later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I we'll promise. talk more about this. But this is just, this is, again, Reflections. Reflections on the draft. Yeah. All right. So uh, bringing up the mirror again and seeing Case in all his glory. Uh, Jelani Tavai from Hawaii. I don't think anyone was stunned by this. So this is the obvious pick, and I think he was on everybody's <laughs> board. Uh, Riz, this is you want to you want to do the Riz was right now, or how do you want to handle this one? <laughs> uh, I, I will reserve judgment on whether I'm right or I'm wrong until he puts on the pads. I did have an inclination that the Lions were interested in him. Uh, I had a very good inclination the Philadelphia Eagles were very interested in him with their next pick. And, and that came to me before the Lions made that pick, by the way. And we and also I, heard the Patriots were also looking. Yes, at the, pa- the Patriots were also interested. Shocking that we would be interested in the same players, the Patriots, because that hasn't happened at all. Before. Yeah, exa- exactly. So Tavai, to me, I watched him um, late in the draft process, but I got around to him. Um, so Dane Burgler from The Athletic, who is probably the draft Nick that I respect more than any other, because Dane does not care what other people think. And I, I Much like Bob Quinn. That. Uh, yes. Yeah. And that, that appears to be a good way to operate your business. So Dane back uh, the week before Christmas put out a, a thing of like underrated players and, and like players who were, who the draft internet community was, was underrating or underappreciating. Right. And Tavai was like at the top of that list. So I made it a point at that time to check it out. And I, I'm fortunate enough. I, I do weekly guest spots on, on ESPN 850 in Hawaii, Honolulu. Mahalo. Um, I've done that for 11 years now. So I have access to Hawaii things. I had, a, I talked to my Hawaii people and they told me very, very good things about him. Uh, they said that he was a complete knucklehead when he got to college. He was immature. Um, he got, he got suspended. He left school for a year and, and was fun and, you know, got his crap together. And that's the important thing was that yeah. he, he, he got it together and was, was very popular with his teammates and a very popular guy with the fans, with the community, aside from the fact that he wound up being a pretty darn good football player. He is not Devin Bush. He is not Devin White. And I think a lot of people were like, we need the linebacker like that. He is more of the Jamie Collins type. Um, to, to go back into to Patricia's pass, he's a... Hightower. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think Hightower is more athletic, and I think he played more inside than, than what I, and I say Tavai that just does because it's a very it's a name everybody knows. That's so I, that's the compar- right. yeah. comparison. Yeah, comparison. Yeah, like like he lined up, um, and I, I I haven't charted it yet, but I, I did watch I did watch in retrospect a couple of games. He lines up all over the the formation. He lined up at left end. He lined up at right end. He lined up playing over the flexed out tight end at times and ran with him in coverage. And by the way, did a pretty good job at that. He's not fast. Would you say he's um, multiple? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Keyword. What do, you, what do you like the Pee Wee's Playhouse? Right, right. That's exactly what I was saying. It's like I, I, I don't know if I can pull out my Pee Wee impression on, uh, on cue, but try it. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're gonna pass. We'll try it another time. Okay, so we'll just put we'll let this fill in in the meantime. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Tommy Lee around? What? 
<laughs> coming through. <laughs> yeah, so he can do a lot of different things. He can rush. He can play the strong side linebacker. He can line up over a tight end who who walks out and and isn't completely lost in that. When I liked on his film, he has got violent hands. He hits somebody, they know it. Like, like if, the, if the tight end is trying to chuck and release, he's chucking them back, and he's disrupting their timing. If a blocker is coming at him, he knows how to dispatch him with his hands. Now, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't do good when they go for his legs, but he's good at you know, getting violence through his upper body and unleashing his power mm-hmm. in his upper body, and I like that a lot. Now, he tackled, he misses tackles well. See, he, I, he tackles well. He is not somebody who is going to um, – he's not Jared Davis in that, you know, if, if he's one-on-one in space with a guy, he's probably not going to win. That's yeah, not where he wins. Okay, yeah. I agree. He wins between the tackles when he gets a guy on train tracks. Yeah. When, when he – I'll tell you what he's great at. He is awesome as being the inside guy on an outside run. Because he never, never allows the cutback lane. Right. He's always where he needs to be. He never overruns it. I have, I haven't seen him do it once, and I've watched six or seven games of his. Which is what we've seen D- J- Jared Davis do a bunch of times: is blast right. through and miss the, miss the, right. the, the, the run. Uh, and, like <laughs> if you were a Devin White fan, that that's his tape is literally he does right. that three or four times a game. And then you put so, Davis on the outside part of that run and all of a sudden that's a pretty that's a pretty good exactly. one to punch right exactly and you've got some corners who can tackle and you've got some safeties who can tackle um the third round safety who will get to that might be all he can do but that, that, that's okay the, the, the number of times that he uh caused bob quinn to say how much he likes thick boys was impressive <laughs> oh so. my god it, it is sir mix a lot booty thick. <laughs> i think that's a direct quinn quote right <laughs> this is america's ass um, bob quinn <laughs> channeling <laughs> me yeah spoiler <laughs> oh man yeah i is. like i like the pick i it's higher than i would he was my right. number. He was my number fifty. Was it? He was my number fifty-two. He was either fifty-two or fifty-seven, and I put him in in the what Riz would do mock draft at the other one. And I, right. I so so I liked him, and yeah. a lot of, a lot of people liked him. It's, I think it, he I was, mean he was underexposed. And I think ignorance was not bliss for people in this draft. Like they took a linebacker yeah. that I've never heard of. Well. That's on you that you haven't heard of him because those of us who had studied the draft and who do this for a living have tried to tell you about him for uh, some time. Um, we had written about him at Lions Wire. Both Eric Schlitt and I had written separate pieces about him over the last three months. If, if you hadn't heard of him and you weren't aware that this guy was a, a day two prospect, that's on you. That's not on, that's not on him. Don't don't take that out on him. Right. That, that's your ignorance. Was- well, and, and and I mean, just in general. Okay, so um, we take him and a guy like me, who um, admittedly doesn't doesn't do that for a living. Um, here's a name of a dude, uh, and then you know tries to do a basic search on him, and and the the, the results are you know. Uh, it's scant, it's, yeah, it's scant and underwhelming. Right. Yeah. So it's easy for a guy like me to be like. What what were they thinking? But but we talked about you know Bob Quinn doesn't fucking care what I think, and to be perfectly honest, I I'm glad he doesn't. If he cared what I thought, this would not be a better team than you know it is. Like I mean, I I could probably run the like I could probably uh, help build a team that came in like 31st in the league. 
but um, that's that's about the best I could oh, you know offer. Yourself all so credit. Uh, here's here's where the risk is. So you could run the Dolphins, <laughs> right? Right, exactly. <laughs> actually, and, and like, and they actually did a pretty good job with the whole you know uh, Josh Rosen thing, as far as you know. Yeah, yes, they did. Value out of things. So, and I I think they're the worst. I, I have said for years that I think they're the worst run team in the league. So. I think the most risk of their here, fans would agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> I think the risk with Tavai is with fans. It, it, I think it's, it's it's the risk is higher with him if he doesn't play well and do well kind of out of the gate. I think it's the the risk is higher for poor treatment from the fans with him than it is with Hawkinson. I think the, the just the edge yes. that Hawkinson has is the play, players around him and how good he is at, at the position. Just just naturally, he he is better at catching the ball and blocking and all those things than you're going to get out of. Uh, out of uh, Ebron or any other guy, he's just going to show up. Uh, Tavai is a guy that people will grab onto and and rip on Quinn and Quinn, Quinn can't draft and all that stuff. Depending on this, and I wouldn't be surprised if we saw um, a very similar type of development out of him this year as we saw out of Jared Davis last year. Or at the beginning of the year, people were saying Quinn can't draft. And by the end of the year, like, hey, this Jared Davis guy, he, he ain't so bad. One maybe the most fascinating part of him as a player um, is that he is part of a dying breed. Um, in in what I see, uh, you know, the move toward nickel and dime defenses is is major, and I get it, and I believe that it is the wave of the you know the future. But at the same time, it's also it also makes sense sometimes to counteract those waves um, to go a different direction and and being a more traditional, like I said, you know, a thick boy uh, linebacker. Um, oh my god, it, it is Sir Mix a lot booty thick, <laughs> right? <laughs> hey, but that was fast. Um, <laughs> He's got it on the <laughs> But I mean, I do on, appreciate that down. aspect of it. I, I appreciate that aspect of it. That you <laughs> you've got you've got them going in a different direction than everybody else is going in right now, and I do think that there is value in that as long as you pull it off. All right, let's move on to the next one because this is, Riz is just chomping at the bit to talk about. Uh, I'm going to tell you straight up, this surprised the shit out of me. Uh, seeing the word safety after our third round pick was something that I did not expect by any stretch of the imagination, and again. Looking at the draft in totality, I'm not as bad with it, but I just don't. It's 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 like it's. It, this is the thing about that Bob Quinn, and I think this might drive people nuts. Um, just like taking the, the the whole value arbitrage we talked about with the, taking a tight end with your first round pick and the value of what it is, taking a safety right here when uh, Oruarie was on there, right? I mean, it's like, right. it, it, oh, what are you doing? But well, we wound up with him anyway. But this this was just confusing because it, it, his position was safety. Um, help help provide some some spotlight and analysis on this Riz because. I feel like I was running on like half hour of sleep when I when I heard that. <laughs> I did not like it. I still don't like the pick. Uh, I'm I'm not going to change my opinion on that. When I watched him at Boston College, I saw a guy who, um, I'm trying to think of the. You guys know who Tony Jefferson is. He played for the 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 Ravens. Cardinals first off. Played at Oklahoma. Uh, now he plays for the Ravens and has, has emerged as a pretty good player. But when he came out of Oklahoma. He was a straight train track player. And that's what Will Harris is as a safety. If you are in the way of the train, you are going to die. But if you can even move one inch to your right or left, he going to miss you. 
because um, that, that's the kind of tackler that he is. I can't stand players like that. I, that, that's just a personal thing for mine. So I went back and watched more of them. The more I watch them, this guy's a cornerback. He is not a safety. He played at cornerback or at safety at Boston college. I, I don't, maybe they did have some good corners there, but, but their, their other safety that they had was better than him. You know, he's, he's a cover safety, but he makes a lot of mistakes. Um, he was my 227th overall player. Oh, wow. So I will interject my own bias into that. Um, the other thing, and I, I'm looking right now at the players who are taking right after. It's, I really thought Nate Davis was going to be the pick, and he wound up going the very next pick to the Tennessee Titans. I, I thought for sure they were going to take him. Justin Lane was on the board ahead of where you had him, Riz. I mean, it's oh, it's right in the ball. It's not. It's not the greatest value. <laughs> uh, let's put it that way. Um, who else was there? Uh, Jalen Ferguson was still there. He went three yeah. picks later. Yeah, I thought there would be some interest in him. Um, Excuse me, Chuma Adoga, an offensive lineman that I really liked, went to the Jets at 92. Um, Oshie was there. Oruwariye was there. Oshing Zimenez was there. I'm not a big fan of his, but I would have accepted that. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson was the guy that I wanted so bad. Good pick. If you're taking a safety, I wanted him because he can also play corner and is aware that he can play corner. I hated him as a first-round prospect, but outside of the first round, I certainly would have been okay with that. He was, he was a fantastic value there. He was the best player available for me for quite some time. And uh, it was frustrating that they chose a guy that I don't think can play other than in sub-packages and special teams, and they took him in the third round. I hope well, I'm wrong. He, he, he might be, you know, a special teams ace. So I, my, my view for what he is, is <laughs> he is the death knell for miles Killebrew. And I expect, yeah. well, I, agree I, expect I expect very little more out of him in 2019 than being the guy that miles Killebrew was last year. There were a couple death knells in this draft class. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Another one hit me hard. <laughs> Sad. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Wow. Sad. Need a moment. <laughs> there you go. That's your moment. All right. No, I, I don't think I can really disagree. I mean, he is a hard, hard, hard hitter. Um, oh yeah, and and I like that. And but, he's a very good, very good athlete. But I, I'm so concerned with coverage when it comes to you know um, anybody who's going to be showing up in nickel and dime packages. If you can't cover, you're right. going to expose it, us. If you're a safety and you don't see plays quickly and diagnose things that are happening in front of you and the route combinations that are coming at you, you're in a world of hurt. And that every single time I saw them, and I, I've seen them play, I saw them play in person twice. I've seen three or four games of theirs on all 22. He does not understand what's coming at him. He just doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. And that is not going to change in the NFL. I, th- I think this is a terrible pick. Sorry. <laughs> No, I I will, uh, you know, as much as we, you know, can talk about the Hawaii linebacker, um, this, if, if I had to pick a bad pick in this, this is the one, um, the Hawaii, I I feel like, uh, Hawaiian lion, Hawaiian lion. That's I like the upside on that. The upside on that is great. The upside on this one is. What do you mean? You, you got yourself. A Miles Killebrew replacement, Hall of Famer, 
Miles like, Killebrew. Like we really needed a Miles Killebrew replacement because well, we Miles Killebrew is on the field all the time. <laughs> He's taking up one of the We literally need to fill a roster spot. This may not be the one. I'll give you that. <laughs> we'll see. He may blow up. He might be uh, 20% I, I more hope the player. We're wrong. I, hope, I, hope, I hope Jeff and I are fucking miserably I, hope, I would love to come I back. hope we're wrong, too. Yeah, I'm not arguing for this pick, just so you know. I'm just arguing. All right, we'll move on. Um, so we got our safety that we really desperately needed. We got our tight end that made everybody happy. Uh, we've got the top line back in the draft. People are feeling good at this point. We're going into day three. Yeah, it was kind of a rough couple days, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Poor Sandman was just stunned on the broadcast. He was just like, he, he's like, I, I, Poor Sandman. Well, that's how I felt. That's lunch. how I felt after the Ragnow pick. Um, I, I, it, it, it took me, you know. Yeah. A minute to collect myself, and then I, then I, then I got behind it. But, but like, I can understand how somebody would have been in a world of hurt after that. Yep. Yeah. All right. So I, next, I, oh, one thing I'll just say, I'll just say one last thing. When they drafted Kenny Galladay, most people who were doing what we did thought that was their worst pick. Absolutely, that year. absolutely. Yeah. And we're going to talk about another player who I'm going to make a wildly irresponsible comparison to him. So, oh, sweet. I like Do wild it. irresponsibility. You live, that's your life case, wild and irresponsible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this isn't crazy. So we wake up day three. Things are moving a little quicker. Uh, pick 117, still not to wear. <laughs> Riz had Will Harris and his his list of picks. Uh, we We're within a hundred now, almost. <laughs> almost. Austin Bryan out of Clemson, the worst of the defensive linemen in Clemson, is is exactly how it was sold. Right? This is <laughs> this is the attitude. <laughs> did they say that on TV? I, 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 oh, I, I did seen not, that multiple times. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't have audio on Saturday for the drafts. <laughs> <laughs> kind of missed that. <laughs> so there you go. I mean, the other three all went ahead of him, so of course he's the worst. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's he's the most niche role player of the the four. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'd argue that they had another guy on their inside who was probably more overall talented than than him. But it sounds like, and I think we can all agree, and they're they're going to play him not at defensive end, but at the jack spot. Jack, yeah, yep. That, okay, that's can interesting. We, can we? Can we um, uh, I I like to do this uh, just because I I know that um, people don't always understand when we say things like that. What does the Jack mean? Oh, if I had an ACDC drop right now, I would be playing it. <laughs> Just so you know. She's, She's got, got the Jack. jack. That's right. She's <laughs> got the Jack. I can't do Bon Scott. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so explain the Jack for case. You know what Devin Kennard was last year? <laughs> <laughs> no, what? <laughs> what was he? I don't remember. It was a short-term I've never heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> they had Detroit Turtle. Was he a cooter? <laughs> oh, oh, my goodness. So it, it's primarily a, a, a heavy outside linebacker who lines up on the there side of the tight end and rushes the passer there we go. Um, and, and attacks the run end or the tight end on the way there. It's usually a guy who weighs at least 250 to 260 pounds. Kennard is, what, 260? Mm-hmm. Um, and and they're, they're generally not the most finesse guys. Yeah. And that's, but, that's, but that's they might awesome, be, Brian. But they might be... Uh, multiple 
Yes. In that, can, in that you can use them in coverage on running backs, tight ends, if absolutely necessary. So it's a strong suit. Sorry. There I, we I, go. I've got, I'm between multiple and thick, and, and I had to decide which one to play. I forgot. Uh, I, decided to stop, I, I decided to stop saying versatile and start saying multiple. So. Yeah. Versatile? <laughs> I guess multiple and thick. <laughs> <laughs> it's versatile. <laughs> it's only yes, no. Multiple and thick also describes Tommy Lee. In uh, our anyway. Oh, oh, Appreciate the you appreciate the uh, the uh, education. I appreciate yeah. uh, you know. It's a, that, it's a that, role. I agree with you completely. It's not a full time role, but when you're taking a guy in the fourth round, you don't expect him to play a full time role. Mm-mm. All right, so let's move on then. Um, I mean, we could we could talk more about him, but we've we've only I, got so I, much time. I need to see Austin Bryant at his new position in person before I judge mm-hmm. what he. Can at it because we haven't seen him do it before yeah mm-hmm. yeah and that's i think for many of these picks it's actually true we need to start getting some see them take some reps see how they're getting yeah. used and, and it, it will be probably um <laughs> training camp before we really start and get in an understanding here that's unfortunate but it, it it's unfortunate for the teams we have to play as well if it, if they work out well so we'll get down to the next guy around five I, I was like, say it, say it, I will, say it. I will, I will, oh, I, will I will, I will, calm down. <laughs> I've been waiting for this. <laughs> let's, let's walk down the hill and fuck them all. Okay. So, so we'll, we'll just go <laughs> I think all three of us have to say it. See okay, okay. Who, who does it best. All right. Okay. Um, a guy that I, I, I was, I, when we were doing it, I had stopped. We'd done, we'd broadcast for two days. It was eight and a half hours of live shows. I was absolutely freaking mentally exhausted I, I wasn't watching it was taken i was literally just kind of like i had an iv of, of of saline trying to rehydrate i was drooling on my chest it was just i was a mess a couple couple of advils going and, and i'm watching and i'm like who got our warrior and oh, it that was actually pretty good. It was us. actually pretty good. Thank you. Thank you. Good. I couldn't say it then. I couldn't say it the night before. I I was. It was like somebody actually found a great YouTube video of a, a of a, a husky trying to say "I love you." <laughs> and they said it was me. And it was absolutely right. It was so good. That's brilliant. I got because I was at the point where I had had a couple. I started out with margaritas. I was a couple of beers in. at the beginning of the show. I said his name twice. It was cool. I got to this one point and I just it, it like broke and I couldn't say it anymore. So, Aruarie <laughs> is our guy that we got here. Armani from Penn State, a cornerback, which I would have been so stoked if we got him in the third. And here we are. I'm, 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 I'm like, how, how, Bob? How does this happen? It's glorious. It's it's the guy that I wanted in the second round. You got him in the fifth. That's <laughs> what what more needs to be said. Does it if you switch to say. If you if you switch the second and the fifth round picks, I think and and somebody put this on Twitter. I forget who it was. Sorry for not crediting you. It's it, I think most people would think this is a phenomenal draft. Yeah, yeah. But the order that they were taken in impacts the perception of the players, and that's it's real and and I get it, but it's also unfortunate. And they're fabulous. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, just for those who aren't as super familiar with him, the basics on him, um, ball hawk, tall, 6'2". I, I shouldn't say tall, but I mean like in the realm for of corner, cornerbacks, yeah. uh, fairly tall. Six, one uh, and a half. Fast, four. fast, four, four, seven, 40. Like you're talking about a guy with the physical potential to be incredible, uh, which 
is why we all have to beg the question, how on earth, how on earth did he make it to the fifth round? Because he has all the physical potential in the world, especially with some production in college where he, he had, what, um, seven, eight interceptions the last couple of years? I know how. I know yeah. how he made it. Because nobody right. could say his fucking name. <laughs> well, then, there, fair enough. If you can't say his name, you can't draft him. So. <laughs> So I'll, I'll I'll interject here on what I heard of why he fell, and I actually heard this um, before day two. Um, I, w- I was chatting with some some draft nicks behind the scenes, and one of them was that he only had one year as a starter. Mm-hmm. He didn't start at Penn State, yeah, um, and he is not he's not greedy Williams, but he's also not like Rasheen Mathis going after people in the run game. Right, fair. Mm-hmm. He is not an aggressive tackler. Uh, and so he also does. He, yeah, exactly. Well, yes. Put those hands together. Yeah. <laughs> he, um, he's not soft. He's just not unaware. Maybe. Yeah. yeah I think, I think that's, I think he's, I, there are times where he thinks, Oh, somebody else will make that tackle. Okay. Right. Um, and I'm, and he's happy to let him do it. And that that's not greedy Williams, like diving after the guy's already out of the camera shot. Right. So it looks like he dove and gave effort. Right. And uh, I, I told that little story to Cleveland fans, and they really don't like that because he was their first pick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're really happy with that. Oops. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, I. They were also he, super hyped about uh, Justin uh, Gilbert. Justin Lane. Justin Lane. Lane. Oh no, no Justin. No. Oh, Justin Gilbert back in the day. Oh yeah. God. See, see, my frame of reference for the Ebron draft <laughs> to go back to that. Right, right. I was, I was it relieved. Could have been as hell. Worse. It could have been worse. Justin Gilbert was who Martin Mayhew wanted. I remember that too. I very much remember that. I very much remember Lions fans wanting him and uh, uh, No Fly Zone. Um, uh, who uh, who I talked about this off season, the free agent. Uh, Michigan State cornerback. Darkies Denard. Yeah, oh, that's God. the one. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. No, Justin Gilbert. Uh, that was one of those guys <laughs> to, to go back on that. When when your college coaches tell scouts that they don't want you, you should probably listen to them. <laughs> right. Um, they, they did that with Malik McDowell. Unfortunately, yeah. The Lions yeah oh, yeah. I remember that shit went down fast <laughs> and hard. So yeah. a player that went three picks after our warrior is a guy that right. uh, I feel like we dodged a bullet. And, All right, now I gotta look it up. Oh, 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 yeah. Oh, thank God. <laughs> a lot of people so, they were still because we've him. seen him without his shirt on. That's right. And I and I had I had to hit it. I had to hit it again. Um, Hunter Renfro, and they were stoked that he's picked up. He's got seven and six eight hands. Okay, so my son when he was born had bigger hands than Hunter Renfro. And, 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 <laughs> Insert the tiny hand guy here. <laughs> he's <laughs> he's five ten, right? And and one thirty five. Fine, fine, fine. So he's a little, he's a little small. But I'm going to tell you, you know, you guys, I've, I've said freaking ripped right you've, you guys have heard all my notes about body type because that was one of the things i was looking at about their how hard these guys are working in, this, in the gym is one of the one of the measurements i had and literally i am not joking my 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 note right here says looks like a punter i mean the guy had the body of a fucking punter. He, he looks like he's never lifted a weight in his life no, no. little hands chunky 
And of course, it could leave yeah, the gluten to grab him. But that that's a bullet I think we really dodge. A, a name that people like. He had a dad bod as a small wide receiver. Yeah. <laughs> like no tone at all to his shoulders or arms. Yeah, yeah. Nothing. It's like it's like Prater would say, hey, how would you get so soft, man? I, I, I could use some tips on that. <laughs> actually, I, actually I, I should point out, uh, we're not going to cover him. But the long snapper we picked up had some of the similar things said about his uh, body type. So. Mm-hmm. so let's not body shame. We'll move on. <laughs> I'm, I'm in no position to body shame after this draft season. Bloody hell. Man. All right. Wait, you guys didn't say his name. Kick it, Case. Oh, fuck. I don't even have it up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Riz, you go first so you can he can follow you. Use it as a guide. Oh, Aruarie. Amani Oruarie. There you go. Okay. Yes. Now you guys I know. My I thought you were talking about the long snapper. I don't even remember uh, the name. Yeah, of the I, I don't know who that is either. I, I honestly, the we, guy we I picked up, we we picked up a UDFA long snapper yeah. uh, it, it, who got high some a mild amount of hype. Was it the guy from New Mexico? I don't even know, and I, no, I should know. No, it was not. No, it was not. We'll have to cover this at a different time. Mika right. when when he eventually fails to beat the out. U- the UDFA class has two guys in it that I'm interested in, and one of them is not the people that you most think it would be. All right. All right, we'll move on. Maybe we'll jump we'll jump off that bridge later. We'll go from Aruari. Um very That's good, Chris. Aruari. I've been I've been working on it. So just so you guys know it is part of the thing that we do here. I think you just mispronounce names sometimes on purpose. Uh, this one was not. <laughs> no, we, just, we just had a Beetlejuice moment is what we had. <laughs> yes, yes, we did. Yeah, we did. Here he appeared. Um, let's see. Okay, so we'll move on. Uh, sixth round, we had two picks. Um, start out with our first wide receiver of the draft, Travis Fulgham from Old Dominion, a real big producer of wideouts. Um, all the the last four Hall of Famers were all Old, old Dominion al- alumni. Um, Riz, tell us why you love this pick and why he is going to beat out Galladay and Marvin Jones so that we only wow. have one wide receiver on the field. Wow, that's bold, man. That is, that is some, that's, that's some serious boldness right there. He... I can do it. <laughs> I got it. I can do it. That's never going to get old, is it? No, not for me. I you, know what, you know what? Hate it. Just like Chris, the air Remind horn. me later. Remind me later. I have a couple. I have a couple like drops that you should download. Okay, okay cool. I, you guys, they're they're just happy. I'm not doing the air the air horn one. Remember? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we don't need that. We really don't need that. So, so Travis Fulgham was another uh, senior bowl guy who did very well in the red zone drills. That. Chris mm, which I like, Chris and I watched, yes, which yes. we liked a lot. He he presents himself as a target on short routes really, really well. And if you're looking for two games to watch, watch him play against Virginia Tech, the best team that he played. He was the best player on the field that night against I watched a, that lot of four, a lot of four- and five-star recruits. And he uh, and the UDFA, who they took as teammate, um, who also was pretty good, they dominated um, and their quarterback isn't very good. So he it's that's one of the things that I like. I like wide receivers who played with crap quarterbacks in college because it, Kenny Gallon is a great example. They yeah. learned how to catch bad yep. throws. Yep. Yep. Fulgham <laughs> can do that, which maybe you need to do in Detroit still. <laughs> oh, don't you don't so, even am I teasing people again? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I just, I just tweaked so many people just now with it. Please don't be mad. Send oh, all your letters to Case. So, He's the one with the yeah. sense of humor. <laughs> so, so, 
So my thought on Folga, my, my my parting thought on him before I turn it over to Case, I think he's going to be number three outside wide receiver this year, and I think he's going to be pretty good at it. I think he is a better number four overall receiver um, than T.J. Jones was last year. Yep. And so, so in that sense, the Lions got better. It was very strange to me that they didn't go after a long-term solution to the slot. Um, but if that's like the one area on the entire team that they basically ignored. I mean, uh, I, I no, I shouldn't even say that. I mean, I can't even say that because they did, you know, pick up Amendola. It, they didn't ignore it. Um, they didn't find a long-term answer. They, they put a bandaid on it. Um, and that's yes, okay. That's, that's okay. That is really truly okay because you can't get a permanent solution to every single position every single year. So, like, it, it, that does not upset me. So, getting back to Travis Fogum, um, I mentioned there was a player, obviously. I think maybe I telegraphed that a little bit. Um, <laughs> where, where I could see some comparison to Kenny Galladay, and it, this isn't necessarily with uh, what you'd, you've seen out of Kenny Galladay since he turned pro, but it is comparable to some of the things you saw to Kenny Galladay as a college, you know, player. Right. Um, he doesn't have quite the height. He's a couple inches shorter, a uh, little bit smaller. Um, not, not in any way that I can discern a faster guy. So, I mean, like he doesn't quite have the ceiling um, physically that Kenny Galladay has, but he does some, similar things in that uh, you see him use his body, use his hands, use the sideline, all these things extremely well. Well, um, it, it, you know, a guy who, who will win uh, jump passes uh, against decent corners, not necessarily great corners, but decent corners. Um, which is the concern number three or number four, right? I mean, that's right, that's right, right, right. What what I see is his ceiling, where Kenny Galladay to me has a ceiling uh, as a true number one, and and he's only been in the league two years, and he's already approaching that fast. Uh, as opposed to that, this guy's ceiling is number two, um, but not a bad number two. Mm-hmm. And that is it, when you when you talk about a sixth round pick. If he were to match that ceiling of of being an actual good number two outside receiver who can win jump balls, who can um, get separation with his arms, with his you know whatever, that's not a bad thing. Um, it's not the kind of receiver that I want to rely on all the time uh, because I'm not sure he brings anything new to this offense, sure, but it's also not a bad thing to have. So what I have on him is at 6'2", 210 pounds, um, defined, not super cut. I think there's some strength and conditioning that could help him uh, start yeah. getting to his ceiling, but um, Riz stole my line on him. He's absolutely better than uh, TJ Jones and is is an improvement for us at the, at the the fourth possibly the third wide receiver spot and that's, that's I was concerned kind of I, what concerned me was the number of times even just watching his highlights the number of times I saw him come down with a ball and then get ripped out mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. That concerned me. Right. He's not going to be doing returns for you. So. No, that, that, that's that a real worry. Yeah. That's one of the reasons why he was available in, in the sixth round. We got another guy round six who people are pretty high on. They're thinking he's starting week one. Um, mm. This guy is going to carry this team to the Super Bowl in 2019. <clears throat> Ty Johnson out of Maryland, running back. Um, Riz, should we start buying jerseys now and engraving his name on the Lombardi Trophy? Or is is this a little premature? I I will say this. He might start week one. As the kick returner. Oh, oh. See, I, I did a little. See, here, here's the thing: we're gonna have a problem with because I saw you. I saw you mention this in the uh, in our Slack chat. We're getting. We're not. We're getting rid of Agnew. So, are you trying to tell me? He's got to prove himself this year. Is he right. better? Is he better at the number five cornerback spot than Ty Johnson would be at the number four running back spot? I don't know. That's that's for summer camp to decide, but I think that will get better. <laughs> uh, yeah. and I, I I can't rule out Tommy Lee Lewis either because he he's worthless. <laughs> Thank you, fucking Christ. <laughs> he he is worthless as a receiver essentially, but he's a tremendous return man. So there there's actually a battle for the return spot. Ty Johnson, I saw him in person at Michigan last year. He ran a kickoff back. He pulled away from from a lot of really good athletes in Michigan. It, like, it was like, oh, crap. But, like, that guy's shot out of a freaking cannon. And the way that Spiro Agnew was coming up last year in his role in the defense, maybe you don't want him to be running around. I love this. You guys got to check out the video on this. I've got two face palms. It's so great. <laughs> the way he was doing that um it was was just was maybe, you, maybe he's a little old but he's really got some 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 moves you uh, understand chris that almost, almost yes. none of our listeners yes like 90 percent of people like spiro who yeah, that's right. They're going to go Google it, and they're going to be educated. We are this is edutainment, just so you know. We're we're teaching them Watergate. That's awesome. <laughs> it's it's that time of year. Uh, anyway, so yeah, no, um, Agnew. Maybe you don't want to risk his leg. Maybe you want to see what he's doing on the defense and put him in a little less harm. Or maybe right. with the competition and. If Spiro goes down or CJ goes down as a kick returner, hey, what 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 a good idea is to have somebody else to back him up in that role as well, or have two guys play, right. outplay each, each other for the position. So I think I think it's a Part good pick, problem. and I think it's absolutely right, Riz. He is a he's a good chance of uh, as a returner kicks if not in, if not in the first game, definitely as the year goes on. We'll have to see how this uh, plays out. Yeah. Part of the issue would be that um, while Agnew is probably still practice squad eligible. Um, if we ever tried to put yeah. Agnew on the practice squad, he'd get snatched up immediately by somebody else. Right. Whereas uh, this guy wouldn't. Hopefully, hopefully. That's, that's or, probably true. Maybe, maybe. I, I shouldn't say wouldn't. I would say less likely to be, you know, grabbed immediately. You know, the one thing that I saw from Johnson, and I'll, I'll credit Josh Loskowitz from from Pro Football Focus on this, he averaged almost eight yards a carry. But you think, okay, as a speed back, he's breaking a lot of long runs. He was actually third in the Big Ten in yards after contact as a running back. Yeah. That, that tells me that he can run a little bit. Yeah. yeah. You know, that he can break a tackle. Um, and he did against Michigan a couple times. He made Devin Bush miss a tackle last year. That's that's impressive to me. So he didn't get a lot of opportunities at it. He was not throwing the ball much. He had, I think, 11 catches in his last two years. Um, he did have 16 in his sophomore year. But th- So if you're, if you're penciling him to replace Theo Riddick, 
he's got a lot to prove that he can work on the passing game before that happens. Right, right. Um, the the uh, counterpoint to that, and I feel like this is a conversation that we will have uh, more than once this offseason, is that uh, we have several good pass-blocking running backs yes, outside we do. of theoretic now. Uh, C.J. Anderson elite he's in that area awesome. as far as pff is concerned anyway he's elite. No, he, he, he's a body rocking blocker <laughs> both both zenner and uh carry on uh um grade above him so the question is if they really want this kid to be on the roster who does he knock out does he knock out uh riddick who's more expensive than everybody else who they could save some money with by cutting, or does he sit and knock out Zach Center, who isn't, you know, the 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 best at anything, but is is capable in a lot of things. Which is exactly why we need everybody to show up at Zach Center Day at training camp. Get Agreed. Your, get your shirt. Get it now before the end of the month. It's a dollar from every shirt goes to St. Jude. DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Click on that merch link. I love Zach Center. You're gonna want that shirt for Zach Center Day at training camp. We need to support our man's before he is gone. I love the Alexander day coming up. So uh, let's do that. Yes, I do. <laughs> All right, Riz. Uh, anything you'd like to uh, to tell us? Anything else, or can we move on to um, probably the wiliest pick of the draft? Onward, uh, ho, mate. All right. Um, we, we picked up a gentleman for a position that I don't know that we had anybody to play. Uh, Isaac Nada out of Georgia um, at tight end. This was this was absolutely a steal. Uh, Riz projected him. Um, is first round. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, like I said, I apologize. I'm on no freaking sleep. I'm exhausted. All right, so I gotta look this up because he was. Did he play I know what num- was a highlight? I, what I gotta figure out what number he was. No, I know what number he was in my rankings. I want to see if they got him on that. I haven't actually looked this up yet. I, I can give you the ranking where we got him. I gotta scroll down here. We got him at where do we? Okay, he was my number 201 player. So apparently we got a value. Value. Good job, Quinn. So he was higher than that for me until he went to the combine, and he all his workout was so comically bad. Oh, no. Like, like, like offensive guards are running faster than him, like, legitimately. Uh, I think he ran a 498. And and that was the unofficial. I got official down to like four eight eight, but he, he looked like he was like, has he ever run before? Has he trained at all for this event? <laughs> Is he Is wearing a all? leg brace? Yes, exactly. <laughs> <And> crutches. <laughs> so so we're standing. So in the in the combine, we're in a giant media room, and I'm I'm there with the draft network guys: Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, Trevor uh, Trevor Sikama, um, Ben Solak, and we're all watching it. And we're like, was that real? Because we all thought somewhat highly of this guy like he's he's probably a fourth round guy maybe maybe falls to the fifth after that workout we're like there's no way in hell this guy's ever getting drafted he can't play at that at that speed so the lions are banking that the tape that made all of us think okay he's a fourth or fifth round guy is better than the oh my god this guy i don't know how he played at georgia you know at all, let alone start um, as an NFL prospect um, that he was at the combine because his combine was as bad as any person I've ever seen at the combine. And I've been to 11 of them. So case, does this mean maybe he wanted to be a lion so bad that he threw it when he was, uh, when he was working out? Like he well, did it I've so been that trying that strategy for a long time. It's working. And it hasn't it's, worked out for me yet. 
but when they when they eventually take me, it'll pay off. But when they realize how incompetent I am, I am going to ro- roar to the top. <laughs> uh, big dude, big 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 dude. I mean, that's that's the appeal is that he's another big dude. Um, he has found his way into the end zone at times. Um, it's it's not a pick that I you know. If I sat here and said that I think that he'll be on the roster in three years, I would be lying on my teeth. Um, but uh, he's a big dude, and and they they want they want desperately to improve the uh, red zone, you know, offense, and that's the idea is get somebody that Stafford can throw the ball high to and go up and get it, as opposed to worrying about you know trying to be as sneaky. About it. All right. All right. We're going to move on. Um, we get to PJ Johnson out of Arizona. Defensive tackle. Again, um, under the radar superstar. This guy's starting week two after we realize that Austin Bryant isn't all that. Uh, oh, <laughs> I'm making shit up. Um, what do you think? Um, again, seventh round picks. They have, it's a single percent, single digit, per, single digit percentage chance of making it in the NFL. Um, is, is, is this guy getting, is he hit double digits, Riz, or are we, uh, we're still playing singles here? I still have not seen him play, so I don't know. I, I won't, I won't, I won't talk about a player that I haven't, that I haven't seen. I watched Arizona. I had no clue that he was a prospect. I never studied him. So he's, he's on my to-do list. Uh, it'll probably get to it over the weekend. So until then I, I reserve judgment because I, I don't want to talk about a player that I haven't seen. I'm not, I'm not that intellectually dishonest as most people are who are, are trying to pass off as being experts. Hey, guess Riz, what? I'm going to agree with some, Chris. Give me, some, or, uh, uh, expert, with, give me some expert analysis then, <laughs> Case. Let me know what you think well, about what I was gonna, I'm sorry. I, I misspoke. I was going to say that I'm going to agree with Riz on this, and I'm not about to say anything about the dude because I think I, I saw I saw half of a highlight video, and, and that's not enough for me to like say whether or not I like the dude. Okay, well, I'm going to give you the 95% assessment, and I'm going to get it from Riz, of all people. How's his hair, Riz? You've seen a picture of him. That's obviously the, the good define. Have I seen the picture? I'm, okay, I'm, I'm going to look it up real fast because right. I don't. <laughs> you, you, let's, let's, let's look it up together. <laughs> All right. The hair will determine. I'm, I'm telling you, this is going to be the. Uh, everybody it likes to make you. up their own metrics. It's going to be the. Oh, CHI. sweet. See? It's going to be the Chris oh. Hair Index, okay? The CHI. And we're going to use that and we're going to start rank, ranking players. I, I kind of like it. There we go. Okay. So he's going to play at like fourth round pick level. You guys he's, got, he's got like the long braids, um, skinny braids, which I, I happen to like. Um, yeah, they're, they're, they're kind of cool. I like it. I, I like them a lot more on a defensive player than I like them on an offensive player because on a defensive player, you're not worried about getting dragged down by him. Right. It's not DeAndre Hopkins or anything. My God, do you see what his hair was like at the draft? That was awesome. <laughs> yeah. I love that. He, he yeah. is, he's yeah. going to really take a step up this year, according to the CHI. All right. Uh, we move on. We got two UDFAs that you wanted to talk about. And, and I, I, I think maybe one of them is one that I want to talk about. But Riz, why don't you take the reins here? Then we'll rate the draft and uh, we'll all okay. go to bed. So the number one undrafted free agent that they took is a guy that you and I saw together, Chris. That's Donald, Donald Parham. That's who I was picking. I got him sitting right in front of me. He's a, he's a short fellow, isn't he? <laughs> he? He makes me feel short. Yeah. Six, he, eight. he is six, six eight. foot fucking eight. Yes. Jesus. And, and two hundred, and he's he's legitimately six eight. I literally just looked him up. I'm sorry because like he's, I hadn't had time today to look no. up. 
No, so I'm six five. Um, he's six eight, and I, I, I and when we saw him in, in Mobile, he he's every bit of six eight. Well, defined. no question about it. Not yes. huge, but well defined. Right, right. It, it's hard when you're that big, when you're that tall, to be big. Um, and he only weighs what two thirty five. I think he weighed two thirty. Okay, at the, at the yeah. Ball. Okay, uh, he's probably going to play in the two thirties unless they can keep some weight on him. He went to Stetson. They probably don't have a great wet weight program at Stetson. Sure. I'm going to guess. Yeah. Um, One of my notes is he had really long legs. Like most of his height is yes. in his legs versus his upper body, which yes. is is probably why he's going to play. Uh, can can he high point? Because Jesus Christ, if you can get a six eight guy, you can high point. So he made a play. Um, he made a catch in the the last day of practice at the Senior Bowl. Um, on a bad throw, and on that team, there's no other thing than bad throws because their quarterbacks were fucking awful. They were wasting our time. Um, oh, it was brutal. So he made a catch where the ball was supposed to be um, outside. To He was on the left side of the, the formation. It was supposed to be outside um, where he could spin and catch it with his right hand going towards the sideline, and it was a toe-tap thing. And the throw wound up being deep and inside, and he, like, like – leaped off his back foot, went up and like reached with one hand and then got the other hand there just as his first hand got it and snagged it and got both feet down and then fell out of bounds. I'm like, okay, I can catch. Yeah. That was a brilliant catch. So he he's, he is not going to block. He is a move tight end. <laughs> yeah. He is he is an H-back. Um, if you're familiar okay. with with Orson Charles, okay. he's like yep. a, he's like seven inches taller than Orson Charles, and plays the exact same way. He could be interesting in the slot. He could be an interesting change change the things he, up in the slot. Can, he can be the way that Devin Funches was used in Tennessee. Yep. Can yep. he be the way that Joseph Forio was used? Yes, absolutely. And he's he's faster and and twitchier than Fourier was. Okay. And also doesn't doesn't play beach volleyball to my knowledge. Right. 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 My wife, isn't, which is isn't, also isn't a moronic, you know, little less. I, 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 I should I shouldn't be that hard on Fourier, but <laughs> well, dude, hit on my wife in front of me, man. That's <laughs> I was going to make a mom joke about Rude. it. Rude. It's okay. Yes. All right. So we got that now. I I thought that he would be one of the guys you had. Who's your other guy? Uh, I I think I know who it is too because I watched you on Twitter. So so he also was at the Senior Bowl. Uh, his go in Mobile didn't go very well, um, at least not from what we saw. And that's Bo Benshawl, who everybody is instantly saying, oh, my God, he should have been our second-round pick, and he's going to start at right guard for us. No. <laughs> no. So he was at Wisconsin. So first off, he gets the Wisconsin bump because he's a Wisconsin lineman. That happens. That's okay. Iowa tight ends get the same thing. Yeah, so yeah. there you go. Number eight. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. It's, it's okay. Um, it, I, I don't mind. I can say, honestly, I don't mind him at no, eight. No, I just no. would have made different choices. Can I throw anyway. some stats out about this guy quick? Please do. All right. So he's six six, right? For an offensive yes. lineman, three hundred seven pounds at the at the uh, senior bowl. And when I talk about body types, and and we can use the hair index shortly if we need to, but um, <laughs> not well defined. <laughs> he looks like the Pillsbury Doughboy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, 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 except a really tall version 
of the right. Patriots old Doughboy. All right, so what's your thinks on this guy? Um, is he going to be? As I recall, he also doesn't uh, manscape, which is unfortunate. <laughs> the elephant walk is sometimes an unfortunate event. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Shave your backs, fellows, please. <laughs> Do the ladies a I, favor. I, I can't reach. <laughs> There's a sponsorship deal to be had. I'm joking. I'm joking. There's no hair on my back. I am. I'm like a pristine. Good for you. His nickname is actually Silverback. If anyone wants to know, just so you know. Okay, so let's, so so Ben Shawl. So okay, he played at Wisconsin. He was really good at at leaning on people in the run game, and I use leaning literally, like literally, just, just like 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 he he comes off the line. Cows. Yes, that's a that's a great way of describing his blocking style. He's tipping cows. Um, when the cow moves against him or moves, <laughs> as it might be, he didn't do so well. <laughs> so he had a couple of reps in the senior bowl practice where they're going one-on-one. So when they do that, there's a, a center and a tackle lined up, and the offense, uh, the defensive lineman is on the other side, and he has an, a, a tackle or a, an end to the outside for interior rushers. And there were two plays where Penshaw didn't even touch the guy rushing at him. The, the, he, he just, he's not quick. He gives a wink on the way by. His feet do not move. This guy will be, I know everybody thinks he's making the team. I, I don't think he, he might not make it out of rookie minicamp. Uh, I'm, I'm that pessimistic on it. I don't, I don't want to crap on the I mean, guy. He is a practice squad guy. It's not like that would be mind blowing. Oh, he, I don't even, I don't even think he's going to make it there. Um, Ryan Pope, the offensive tackle they signed out of San Diego state is a much better player, much better NFL. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean it like that. I meant like he's at very best, a practice squad guy. It wouldn't be. That, that should, that should be his, that should be his goal is to make the practice squad. He right. is not going to start people. Get that out of your fucking heads. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not better than TJ Hawkinson. He's not better than Jelani Tavai. I know it's fun to say that. I know there's 97.1 people that are telling you that that's true. <laughs> Turn that <laughs> fucking station off. Oh, I thought you were talking Think about the IQ. Think for yourself. Think for yourself. <laughs> I thought oh. you were talking about the IQ. Dude, I didn't know you were talking about the podcast station. where you don't have to think for yourself. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yes. We need some. Hold on. They rescued me from my rage. I'm about to throw things in. <laughs> you don't need to think for yourself. You don't need to think for yourself. <laughs> right? We people, were, people were pissing me off yesterday. Oh, yeah. Now I'm, I'm flashing back to I'm reflecting on that draft. Yeah, reflect, reflect. All right. I have two questions for you guys, okay, about the draft. I'm not a big draft grade guy. So, uh, Draftgate, great guy. I just think they're kind of, especially now, they're just a little silly, a little premature. So I want to ask you two questions, but they're each a two-part question, okay? And uh, we'll go, the first one will go with you first, Case, then then Riz, and then we'll flip it around. The first one is, did the team get better on offense, and did the team get better on defense? Where are you at, Case? Uh, first, uh, on the whole draft grade thing, I mean, it's the same as power rankings, it doesn't mean shit. It's just entertainment. Every year, case don't don't do that. 
It, it, I do the power ranking every year, but it, it's shit. Case does that. I know. Don't kick yourself. <laughs> but, it, but it's entertainment, and I know it's entertainment. So people forget. And anybody, like anybody who's reading it doesn't recognize that's entertainment, and then tries to come at me about it. Like, go fuck yourself, because it's just entertainment. I'm Make your come own. Come at you. Let me t- let me tell you how stupid you are. Okay. Um, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> Done. <laughs> yeah, 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 oh, yeah. I, I, I don't see a good way to argue. I mean, uh, it, nobody's gotten hurt yet. Okay. okay. If somebody so gets hurt, yes. then change my answer. But if nobody's gotten hurt yet, so yes, both the offense and the defense got better. All right, Riz, were you feeling the same way? Are you? Did they get better on offense since yes. the, uh, the end of the season? Yep. Yes, they did because they added T.J. Hawkinson. He will probably. I'm going to predict now. He's he's going to be second on the team in receptions next year. Oh wow! Okay, that that's getting better. Yeah. Um, and he, he can do a lot of things that other. He gives them a dimension they have not had in a long time, and that's a a big guy who can catch down the middle of the field and and catch hard thrown balls. Yep. So I'm 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 happy with that. I think they did get better on offense, defense in the draft. Did they get better? They got different. And I think they wanted to get different. They wanted to get bigger. They got bigger. Mm-hmm. They wanted to get more multiple. I think they got more multiple. Did they get the players that I would have necessarily chosen for them? No. But they did get Warrior. I think he, where he's drafted now takes the expectations of he can be your number four corner as a rookie and it's not going to be a disappointment. Whereas if he was your number, if he was a second round pick and he didn't beat out Justin Coleman or Rashawn uh, Melvin, Melvin, then I think people would be disappointed in him. So I like that for him. Yeah, they. they That's a good they, take, though. They got they different. Got, they got more. They got more of what Matt Patricia wants they his defense to be. What they wanted, and now the time will tell if what they want is right. Historically, if what Matt Patricia wants seems to look like it's it's good, uh, and that would be definitely better based on his historical defenses. Okay, now here's where I think it really matters. Okay, and uh, this this is kind of driven from some some conversations with Brandstatter over the 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 last little bit. We got better. Fine. How did we get better or worse compared to the rest of the division? And Riz, I'm gonna let you go there because this is this is really, I think, where things matter, right? This is where a real draft grade would come from because that's six of your games a year, right? So in your right. division, did we get better on offense than our division? And did we get better on defense in our division? Like just the draft or like overall? Let's say since the uh since the last game of the season. Since the last game of the season, no team got better on defense in the division more than the Green Bay Packers did. Mm-hmm. Okay, I can go with that. Um, they added two starters in free agency who are both really good. They both are named Smith. Mm-hmm. They added their, their draft strategy is odd. They have drafted two full secondaries in the first and second round in the last four years, but they did get a better secondary. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. and they are better than they used to be. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they, they have gotten better. Um, and they got in, in their second round pick Elkton Jenkins was, was the guy that I really hoped that if Quinn was going to go offensive line on day two, that he got. Mm-hmm. So yes, I think, I think green Bay has improved more than Detroit has. And I know everybody's going to throw Dookie at me, but that's that's the way I feel. I'm not going to. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Minnesota Don't worry. We beat them 38 to 0. At the, but but and they got a little better. It's okay. God, that was, nice. that was nice. God, beautiful. that was nice. It that was, was awesome. gorgeous. 
Minnesota got better on offense. Um, taking Garrett Bradbury was a nice move by them. I'm trying to think of who else they took. Um, oh, they, t- they took Irv Smith, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's going, inter- it, it's going to be interesting to watch how he fits there because – and if whether or not they cut Kyle Rudolph right. after it's too late for us to actually pick him up with 14 the fuck off tight ends on the roster. <laughs> I, there's a, there's a weird obsession and, and I'm not accusing you of this case because it's not just you. Well, yeah, no, there, I get there's, a, there's a lot of people who love Kyle Rudolph and make him out to be like this. He's like a, a perfect, no. he's an a, perfectly average starting tight end. Right. But but he, he would have like, been perfect for us, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I I don't disagree. He would have been better than Jesse James. I'll right, give you, I'll give you that. I like Jesse James a lot too. So don't don't like misunderstand yeah. that. I just felt like I, I felt like if they had cut Kyle Rudolph. Um, as much as we, as okay. Oh, sorry for the tangent here. As much as I'll rag on the lions for taking a, a, a tight end in the first round for economic reasons. It isn't like good tight ends have been, you know, in plethora in free agency lately. That's so. for sure. So I'm looking at the rest of their draft. They got two offensive linemen who are probably going to start right away for them. Uh, and I like that drew Sarmi, Sarnia is, is Samia. Uh, is going to probably play right away for them. Or they, did take, they did take a long snapper. <laughs> I just saw that. I, I honestly got I had Hey, we did that, that a few years ago. There's yeah. their seventh round pick, number two fifty. <laughs> they they took they took a long snapper from Air Force. If he's from it Air works Force, out, it works out. He it might not even out. be allowed to play for two years. That's that's a, that's an interesting yeah. pick. Okay, yes, they they definitely got better on offense if their offensive line improved. If Riley Reef isn't so freaking clearly their best offensive lineman next year, they got better. Did they get better than the Lions did? Probably not. There you go. All right. Chicago. Yes. Chicago? Fuck Chicago. Oh, <laughs> take me, Riz. Take That's me right. Now. That's right. That's right. Get down with it. Get down they, with they, it. So they, they traded away Jordan Howard to draft David Montgomery, who is not as good as Jordan Howard. That, that, and that's their first pick. They did the same kind of moves when they went after Trubisky, too. It's a real a real step-down kind of role. You know what? you got to give them credit, though, because the player that San Francisco took at three is awful, Solomon Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a jinxed pick. It, it, it was it, it, my, well could have been. My favorite part, they didn't draft for the first two days, did they? Chicago. No, they did not. That they drafted it late in the third round. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And the second day they did. I loved that. I loved. <laughs> oh, where's Chicago? The whole broadcast. So, anyone see Chicago coming up anywhere? It was so much fun. <laughs> Sausage pounders. All right, Case. What do you think? How how um, are we doing the division overall? I feel a little bit differently than Riz does on some of these things. Uh, just like when you, when you take total hauls into account, um, I didn't like Rashawn Gary. I was very glad that he wasn't our pick. Um, I feel like, you know, the, the, the uh, health concern is a, is a real thing mm-hmm. um, to, to worry about. And, uh, and there were, there were other things about him as the, uh, my research into the draft personal personal feelings personal biases about what i like and what i don't like he wasn't my favorite so okay so there's that so they took him uh doesn't mean it's a bad pick by any means because he could have gone earlier 
than 12. So, I mean, it, it, I, I wouldn't necessarily, I, by no means would I call it a bad pick. I don't care what they're like. They signed Preston Smith and, and Zadarius Smith who played this. Ostensibly right. The and that I agree with. And they can't that kick him inside because Mike Daniels and Kenny Clark are both better than him. I don't, I right. don't get where they see him playing. Right. That I, that I all completely agree with. Uh, Darnell also. Savage. Um, that was one of the bigger reaches of the first round, uh, in my eyes. But once again, we've talked about how, you know, <laughs> how the fuck much do I know? Um, I didn't, I didn't think very highly of him. That doesn't mean there isn't a reason that somebody should have thought highly of him. Uh, so I don't know. Um, the, the the uh overall when you when you look at their whole offseason adding you know two big name um defensive players plus two high draft picks on defense the potential for their defense to be you know significantly improved which they needed by the way uh, because they were the worst defense in the division and likely unless there's a major improvement will be the worst defense in the division. Um, they absolutely needed that, but they, that's what they focused on. And I can't blame them for that. Yep. I think a lot of the overall success of the team really depends on our warrior. And, and it's not just because I like saying his name. Um, I think that cornerback, that second cornerback on the defense is going to be a key position for how things play for this team. If, if, if he can do his job well, based on the other pieces we've gotten in place, I think we've got a great defense on this team. And I think that's put us in a great position in our division to do well. I'm still concerned about the offense. I like the Hawkinson. I like, I like, you know, having Jesse James there. Um, I like the, the, uh, Ty Johnson pick sure. Um, I'm not sure we've done enough on offense to score the points that we want to we want to score. I just don't know that. I think it's going to feel a little bit like last year, and that we're not gonna, we're a team that feels like it can score a lot more than it can. And I'm not sure we're going to score. I hope Bevel does it. I, I I'm I'm praying for the Bevel magic. But everything we've really it feels like we've spent this year, other than the first pick, has gone into defense. Right. And it's this year. The team this year is all about making sure they don't score, because if the other team doesn't score, you can't lose. Right. And I think that's so, kind of the thinking there. Chris, do you uh, do you want to let me finish talking about the division? No, <laughs> I, I gave up on that. <laughs> I just I just wanted to get a couple words in quick and, and you know, the gaps. <laughs> finish up. <laughs> no, it's all right. I, I was just uh, I'm I'm messing mostly. Uh, the only the, I don't I don't have anything to say about the Bears at all. I think I think Riz covered that perfectly. Um, whether or not I agree about the uh, Vikings offensive line, I know they spent picks on the offensive line whether or not those guys are actually any good and i was i was very not high on bradbury um and and this could be an issue where i was also not aware slash high on Ragnow. so i mean that could very well be a similar issue to that um but what i'd seen about bradbury was that in pass protection he needs help on every play yep and uh that's like he certainly did it against Clemson. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that that's that's the like the the uh, if there was a large, I, I don't have a larger thought on it than that. But if but if Bradbury is like a guy who needs help 
physically, uh, like technique wise, great, knows where to be. It's just a matter of like being overpowered. That's probably something he can work on. Yeah, sounds good. All right, and that's that's where we're going to go with it. That's going to be this week. Thank you so much, Riz, for joining us for the whole show. I appreciate all your 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 vast intelligence and, and, and great research and all the work you do. And now you've got nothing to do till about the Shrine game next year, right? You're you're done for the year. I have a mock draft due Friday. <laughs> <laughs> it's so it begins that'll do it for this week remember this show needs your involvement use the comments in the subreddit to give us your feedback we love your feedback it makes us number one don't forget about us on patreon patreon.com slash detroit lions podcast get access to that slack chat it's wicked and you can see some of the pre-show show as well as advanced info before we we do some things you'll learn some some great stuff we got going on there also, check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast, facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast, and make sure to follow us on Twitter at D-E-T Lions podcast, D-E-T Lions podcast. Get that follow in because it's the best place to see Case. I have a kind of hose then. <laughs> oh, that's the most fluent German I've ever heard. Uh, call me a Skype at Detroit Lions podcast, all one word. Detroit Lions podcast, or call us in the Lions line at 929-33-Lions, 929-335-4667. And be sure to go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com, subscribe to the podcast, so we can come in your little box automatically. Thank you for tuning in. Remember, we'll see you next time on the Detroit Lions podcast. No pants, no toasters, no hot tubs, no problems, because we're your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over. Hey, Dean Blandino here, and I can tell you unequivocally that call was 100% wrong. So Stroh's takes his shirt off. I took my belt off, and I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm all primed and ready. <laughs>